0: Alright, everybody have a seat. All right, man, have a seat. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the Science of Good and Rich podcast. I'm your host, Gerald Peters. Always remember, whatever you think about comes about. Whatever you focus on grows. Today we'll be starting chapter six in this wonderful book written by Wallace Waddles in 1905. Man, we are going back in time. This is the Godfather. Of new age thought or collective wisdom the consciousness of the universe the granddaddy of the law of attraction this is where a lot of it comes from man. actually it was written in 1910. Wallace Waddles D Waddles was considered to be a new thought leader in what was called the new thought movement uh, it was this idea of you know the law of attraction positive thinking the ability to manifest mixed with uh, early Christian or mixed with Christianity. Uh, this is a process by which one can focus one's mental energies toward the attraction of of financial success, primarily, but also uh, all forms of manifestation and richness. And Wallace covers that in the book, where he talks about the three aspects of life: is the body, the mind, and the soul. And the soul being the mind, uh, uh, um, our spirit, and that. It doesn't do you any good to get rich if you're sick. Doesn't do you good to be in great shape if you ain't got no money. And it doesn't, you know, and that, in order to accomplish these things, a large amount of your time or a percentage of your time has to be spent in thinking, contemplation, but not thinking on football and other dumb shit, but thinking on how to build your income, how to build your wealth, how to get healthy, or how to manifest, how to push. And the book goes on to say that thinking is some of the hardest hardest work that a person can do. Let's get caught up real quick. Chapter five started with this idea that whatever may be said of the praise of poverty, the fact remains that it is not possible to live a really complete or successful life unless one is rich. So you have an actual obligation to pursue, pursue wealth, man. Because if you don't, you can't send your kids to school. You can't get braces. You just can't, as a man or a woman, care for your family, and you damn sure can't do your goals because you won't be able to afford it. Um, what do we see on Chapter 2? Um, we see this idea that there is an actual, an actual science. We see that in Chapter 2, that there is an actual science of getting rich, and that this science of getting rich – Uh, He goes on to say it's an exact science like algebra or arithmetic and that there are certain laws that govern the process of acquiring riches. And once these laws are learned and obeyed by any man or woman, that they will get rich. And so what it's trying to say is that there is an actual process that's repeatable. See, and that's it. It's not about just getting lucky. We've seen that like in the crypto where some guys just were in the right place at the right time. It's like, okay you got that money what are you going to do now you know because so whatever it is you're doing it has got to be repeatable um in that second chapter i think another thing it's worth memorizing and i say this one a lot you'll see me quote it in my books that the ownership of money and property comes as a result of doing things in a certain way and those who do things in this certain way whether on purpose or accidental get rich. And while those who do not do things in a certain way, no matter how hard they work or how able they are, no matter how skilled they are, they remain poor. Like causes always produce like effects. And I think we all kind of understand that. One other the things, chapter two, in my opinion, is probably the most powerful chapter. Another part in chapter two I think is important to note is where he says getting rich involves the necessity of dealing with men and men and women and being where there are people to deal with and if these people are inclined to deal in the way that you want to deal so much better but basically he's saying that you have to people you've heard me say this that all of the money you want is in the purses pockets wallets checkbooks credit cards of other people and the way you get that is by serving them chapter three he lays down the foundation that There's nothing monopolized. Nobody can stop you, especially in this world. You could be a young black woman from the ghetto. They can't stop you from publishing a book or buying Bitcoin or learning to trade or learning. Nobody can stop you. Or you're a white kid from the trailer park or you don't have a college degree or you're overweight. Guys, the the barriers to entry have come down. Now with that, though, comes more opportunity. In chapter three, he also makes the idea that everything you see on earth is made from original substance out of which all things proceed. In other words, you have everything you need to create more. (laughs) In chapter four, we talked about the first principle. So now we're actually getting into the practical aspects of how to think. First principle says, thought is the only power which can produce tangible riches from formless substance. The stuff from which all things are made as a substance which thinks. And a thought of form in the substance produces the form. And this is where he begins to lay down the basic concept that man, it is starts in the mind. You may hear me say some things like think as if and walk as though. And that's that idea of assuming the thing you want to be. Listen, you are not going to arrive at being a great trader or being an investor. You have to be it first and then the results will follow that's how that works okay Uh, let's see he does make the point in chapter four that man or woman is a thinking center and can originate thought all forms that man fashions with his hands must first exist in his thought and he cannot shape a thing until he's thought the thing so he's just trying to lay down the the, uh how important it is that you first begin to think and this is these are some famous verses let me read this There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which, in its original state, permeates, penetrates, and fills the inner spaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imagined by the thought. Man can form things in his thought, and by impressing his thought upon formal substance, cause the thing he thinks about to be created. You must lay aside all concepts of the universe that is mononistic, and you must, dwell, you must dwell upon this until it is fixed in your mind and has become your habitual habit. In chapter 5, we, we dug into this idea of increasing life and this one took me a minute to get through. But it, it opens with you must get rid of the last vestiges of the old idea that there's some deity who wishes that you should be poor or whose purpose is served by keeping you in poverty. And, you know, you might could replace that with some religion or you, <clears throat> some other religion. And you might could also replace that with uh, re, uh, with, uh, with politics, man. Because I see people, I see people who, uh, you know, they're so into their politics that they almost take great pride in, in poverty, you know. They take great pride in this idea of, of you know, people – somehow being poor that somehow this is like a, somehow this is like a good thing, you know? And it's like, man, I don't know where this comes from, you know, Um, but it is out there. There's this idea that somehow the rich are bad and that, you know, they're not paying their fair share. All this, not it's such bullshit. You've got to get past that. That is poverty mindset at its best. And if you function in that, if you live in that, I promise you, you will push wealth away from yourself. Money is not going to people who think like that. You know, and it's probably why they keep thinking like that because they keep getting poor. They think, well, it must be someone's fault <clears throat> other than their own. And so, man, if you feel that, if you're struggling with that, you got to work on it. Because, listen, money is unlimited. They just print the shit out of it. You know, this is why rich people take their money and they don't hold cash, guys. They put it in art and stocks and crypto because they don't want money. Yeah, they need money to buy things, but they don't just sit on money because they know it's being destroyed with inflation and everything else. They know. <clears throat> so we get past that. We, we, he talks about nature being friendly to your plans, and that's so cool chapter six is cool and it opens up with how rich has come to you and he's going to try to make the case of how you're actually going to attract them to yourself and it opens with when i say you do not have to drive sharp bargains i do not mean that you do not have to drive any bargains at all or that you are above the necessity for having dealings with your fellow men i mean that you will need to deal with you don't need to deal with them unfairly you do not have to get something for nothing but you can give every man more than you take from them. Meaning I might sell you an ebook. That ebook is 27 bucks. If it gives you one little diamond, one little gem, or you know, like I have my stock trading course, I mean, to me, that's worth $70,000. That's what I learned, that's what I lost to learn the principles and begin doing what I'm doing now. At least $70,000 in about five years. And then I turn around and sell it for 69 bucks. So, <clears throat> you know, you're getting way more in use value than the monetary value. And then, you know, obviously what it costs me <clears throat> to put together. But it says you cannot give every man more in cash market value than you take from him. But you can give him more in use value than the cash value thing you take from him. The paper and the ink and the other materials in this book may not be worth the money you pay for it. But the idea suggested in it by it may bring you thousands of dollars you have not been wrong by those who sold it to you they have given you great use value for a small cash value let us suppose that i own a picture of one of the great artists which in any civilized community is worth thousands of dollars but i take it to baffin ray that's a community up north and by salesmanship in other words tricking them induce an Eskimo to give a bundle of furs that are worth $500 um, for it. And he says, I have actually wronged him, for he has no use of the picture. It is of no value to him and will not add to his life. I mean, the guy lives in an igloo. He probably needs bullets, guns, and equipment. But suppose if I gave him a gun worth $50 for his furs, and then he has made a good bargain, He has the use of the gun, and it will get him many more furs and and much more food, and it will add to his life in every way. It will make him rich. When you rise from the competitive to the creative plane, you can scan your business transactions very strictly, and if you are selling any man or anything which does not add more life to his life, then the thing you give in exchange, you can afford to stop in other words, don't sell junk, don't sell crap. You do not have to beat anybody in business. And if you were in a business which does beat people, get out at once. I struggled with this when it came with network marketing. And Finally, I just had to realize, I had to come to the conclusion that I knew most of the people coming in were not going to make money. They did not have the skills. And I knew that, I knew that. And so I couldn't line it up anymore with what the book that I had decided that I would base my decisions after. For the longest time, I've tried to model most of my life the best I can around the principles in this book. Because I thought these were principles that I could live with. They answered most of my questions. And the truth is they kept me on the straight path. And so that's why I've done that. Um. You do not have to beat anybody in business. And if you are in a business which does beat people, get out at once. Give every man more in use value than you take from him in cash value. Then you are adding to the life of the world by every transaction. If you have people working for you, you must take from them more in cash value than you pay them in wages. But you can so organize your business that it will be filled with the principle of advancement. And so that each employee who wishes to do so may advance a little every day. You can make your business do for your employees what this book is doing for you. You can so conduct your business that you'll be sort of of a ladder by which every employee who will take the trouble may climb to riches himself and give him the opportunity. If he will not do so, it is not your fault. you can just set it up. You know, I try my best with the Money Flow Trading Society to bring people in to share my enthusiasm for stocks. Because if they don't, listen, if you don't buy real estate and you don't buy stocks, you are fucked. You will die poor, period. So if you're not doing one of those two, I don't know what you're doing. You're playing with yourself and wasting time, man. You have an obligation by God to do better, to prepare for you, to take care of your family. And finally, because you are the cause of creation of your riches from formal substance, which permeates all your environment, it does not follow that they are to take shape from the atmosphere and they come into being before your eyes. If you want a sewing machine, for instance, I do not mean to tell you that you are to impress the thought of a sewing machine on thinking substance until the machine is formed without hands in a room where you sit or elsewhere. But if you want a sewing machine, hold the mental image of it with the most positive certainty that is being made and is on its way to you. After once forming the thought, have the most absolute and unquestioning faith that the sewing machine is coming. Never think of it or speak of it in any other way than as being sure to arrive. Claim it as yours already, and it will be brought to you by the power of supreme intelligence acted upon the minds of men. If you live in Maine, it may be that a man will be brought from Texas or Japan to engage in some transaction which results in you getting what you want. If so, the whole matter will be as much to that man's advantage as it is to yours. Do not forget for a moment that thinking substance is all, is through all, in all, and communicating with all, and can influence all. The desire for thinking substance. For a fuller life and better living has caused the creation of all the sewing machines already made. And it can cause the creation of millions more. And it will, whenever men set in motion by desire and faith in acting in a certain way. You can certainly have a sewing machine in your house. And it's just as certain that you you can have any other thing or things which you want. And which you will use for the advancement of your own life and for the lives of others. Notice he attaches for the lives of others. I mean and find a way to make whatever you get help other people. Careful self-serving. Um, you need not hesitate asking. Largely, it is your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Said Jesus. Original substance wants you to li- wants you to live all that is possible in you, and it wants you to have all that you can have or use use for living the most abundant life. If you fix upon your consciousness the fact that the desire you feel for the possession of riches is one. With the desire of omnipotence for more complete expression, faith becomes invincible. Omnipotence. It's about God there. If your desires come in line with his desire to answer other people's prayers through you, through your business, through your ideas, through your gifting, through your prayer, through your assistance, through your helping, through you selling your product to other people in good faith, trying to benefit them, he can answer their prayers through you. And yours through them. Other people have your money. God, the one substance, is trying to live, do, and enjoy things through humanity. He is saying, I want hands to build wonderful structures, to play divine harmonies, to paint glorious pictures, to rap songs, and write books, and create videos, and to trade stocks. I want feet to run my errands, and eyes to see the beauty, and tongues to tell the mighty truth, and to sing the marvelous songs, and so on. All that there is of possibility of seeking expression through men. God wants those who can play music to have pianos and every other instrument, and painters to have brushes, and to have the means to cultivate their talents to the fullest extent. He wants those who can appreciate beauty to be able to surround themselves with beautiful things. He wants those who can discern truth to have every opportunity to travel and observe. He wants those who can appreciate dress to be beautifully clothed, and those who can appreciate good food to be luxuriously fed. Man, oh man. He wants all things because it is himself that enjoys and appreciates them. It is God who wants to play and sing and enjoy beauty and proclaim truth and to wear good clothes and eat good things and spread good cheer. And it is God that worketh in you to do his will. That's all through the Bible, all through the Quran, all through Buddhism, through other people the desire you feel for riches is the infinite the infinite seeking expression to express himself or herself whatever makes you feel better in you as he sought to find expression in a little boy at a piano or michelangelo with a brush so you need not hesitate and ask him largely your part is to focal focalize and express the desire to god this is difficult with most people they retain something of the old idea of poverty of self-sacrifice and of pleasing God they look upon poverty as part of the plan and necessity of nature they they praise it they have the idea that God has finished his work and has made all that he can make and that the majority of men must stay poor because there is simply not enough to go around and that's bullshit and they hold to so much of this erroneous thought that they feel ashamed to even ask for wealth They look down on people who have it. They've given up on their own dreams and goals. They try not to want more, and they live a very modest incompetence, just enough to make them fairly comfortable. You may catch yourself saying, oh, I don't need that much if I could just have this, and you begin to downplay it. Don't do that. Upplay it. I recall now the case of one student who was told that he must get in mind a clear picture of things he desired so that the creative thought of them might be impressed upon normal substance. He was a very poor man living in a rented house, and having only what he earned from day to day, he could not grasp the fact that that all wealth was his. So after thinking over the matter, he decided that he might reasonably ask for a new rug for the floor for his best room, and in an articulate cold stove of heat for the house during the cold weather. Following instructions given in his book, he obtained those things in a few months. And then it dawned on him that he might not have asked for enough. He went through the house in which he lived and planned all the improvements he would like to make. in it. He mentally added a bay window here and a room there until it was complete in his mind and as his ideal home. And then he painted, planned its furnishings. Holding the whole picture in his mind, he began living in a certain way, moving toward what he wanted. And he owns the house now and is rebuilding it after the form of his mental image. And now still larger by faith, he is going on to greater things. It has been unto him according to his faith, and so it is with you and with all of us. That was all of chapter six, and I may pencil out and do some certain points of next week, but this chapter is really about, man, just, you know, man, just, you, What it really the point is trying to make is, listen, God is friendly, or the universe is friendly. It wants you to do well, because through you, It helps other people, and that's how the whole game works, man. I got this iPhone because of the people at Apple and ultimately because of Steve Jobs, who was inspired by Edison, and it goes on and on and on. People help people. We bring value. The number of people that have texted me, emailed wrote me, and thanked me for my horribly written books and awful videos, and that I know that, man, and as I see them, and yet still have people say, man, God, I'm so happy you put that out. It touched me. It spoke to me just the way I needed to hear it. And now, since I'm now out of debt, I bought two or three rentals. I got money in the stock market. And I just want to thank you, G. And all I did, all I did was get a like and sold him an inexpensive book or maybe a course. Maybe he spent a little bit more and he, he came in and traded with me. But I benefited. But I also gave him way more in use value than I asked for him in monetary value. And if I know, and I know, if 10,000 people will do that, if I can help 10,000 people, then I make millions and millions of dollars. 10,000 doesn't seem like a lot, man. Maybe I could help 100,000 or a million. When I started, a guy showed me the blueprint to how to buy simple single family homes, rent them out for a profit. As I looked at that, and he told me, do that 10 times, you'll be a millionaire. And I looked at that paper, and that became my goal. That became my mantra. And I would walk around babbling it, praying it, lifting it up, talking about it every day. I just need 10 houses. Then I got number two, number three, number four. My big mistake is when I got to 10, I stopped. And much like the man in chapter six, as I looked around, I said, man, why didn't you ask for 100? Maybe he got to giving it to you. So I've utilized the law of attraction my whole life. Everything I wanted, I manifested. And I realized, man, why'd you go so small, G? That's my big regret. And at the time, it didn't seem small, man. Buying one house seemed hard. My big dream was 10 houses, $500,000 in dividend stocks, $100,000 in checking. And after I went past all that, did not it wasn't even big anymore, man. Then it be you know now I'm like I need 25 houses, three, four, five houses for myself on lakes, rivers around the country, so I can travel around the weather. I want a million, couple millions of dollars. You know, I'd like to make fifty to thousand a month pass. Like these are my new goals. I wanna, I wanna get another fifty thousand people my book. I'd love to have at least five hundred people in the MFG. At least a hundred of those are Spartans. You know, just it. That's what I'm hoping for, man. God bless. Hey, I hope you appreciated the episode this week. Let me know, man. We're probably going to stay in chapter six for at least one more podcast, man. Hey, this was Joe Peters. Thanks for listening to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. Man, I really do appreciate it. I really do appreciate everyone who listens, man. I know there's a lot of podcasts, a lot of things you can put your time on. Listen, if you don't have my free ebook, you don't die broke, you probably do. But if you don't, get a copy, man. Order a copy for a friend for Christmas. It's coming up. Hey, consider getting them a copy of The Money Flow. If they're interested in trading stocks, help me out, man. Maybe I can help your friend out. You get to help them out. God bless.